All right, everybody. Thank you. You're listening to another episode of the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. I am your host for today's episode, Jared Laverne. I am the director of marketing for Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. And today I have a wonderful guest with me, Rachel Dubunsky. She is the host of Wicked Writers. And before I steal too much of her shine, I'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Rachel, you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Rachel Dubinsky. I am the founder of Wicked Writers. We are a podcast about writing and creativity, how people harness those talents, people who do it professionally as hobbyists, basically anyone that likes the written, spoken, creative word. I want to have you on the pod. <laughs> have you on a pod. I like that. <laughs> so I just refer to everything as the pod. So typically I always... <laughs> that got me laughing. Are we peas in the pod? <laughs> I knew this was going to go off script real quick. Hey, look, I'm okay with it. Look, a podcast is... The PM podcast is for personal, right? Might as well have some fun with it. But personally, I do got to ask you, what made you wanted to create your podcast and how did you come up with the name? Absolutely. I wanted to create a podcast because a lot of my background comes from giving voice to people who look different than I do. And podcasting seemed like a really good way to do that. I'm a communications professional. I've done some speech writing and campaigning in my day. Uh, and you know, I'd never broken into the, the audio world. I'd mostly stuck to the press world. But I was seeing that there were more and more solutions out there that were making it easier and easier and having regular people not deal with the RSS feed. Um, (laughs) I was like, all right, it's time to go. Let's do this. Right. So now I got to hear. Now you said to communicate for people that don't look like you. What does that mean? Yeah. So a lot of the work that I've done has been in progressive politics. And there is very clearly right now a big movement towards equity. Um, And also, I think in my communications background, thinking about who is telling the story, is the story coming from a white journalist, a male journalist, and how can we, if the journalists themselves are not from a diverse background, how can we make sure that there are subjects out there that are being quoted that are? Mm -hmm. Because from my perspective and where I sit, if you aren't being as representative as possible in the media you're consuming in the things um, that you're listening to every day, then we're really just doing everyone a big disservice. Mm. Well, you know, I, I also got to ask this question with that said, the way media is just in the form of representation in itself is no longer a traditional print model, but you having so many outlets, podcasts, videos, things of that nature, what do you think that impact is going to have on the journalism industry as a whole? <laughs> well, I'll be careful what I what I say because my partner is a former journalist <laughs> um, and has some of those, those strong ties. But I think that the more the merrier is my perspective. I come, like I said, from a PR background, so it's a little less stringent, I guess is the right word to say. I'm a little bit more manufactured, if you will. Like if there are certain people that we want to highlight, we have the freedom to because, you know, I'm working for a nonprofit or a campaign and it's really us to drive the script. 
I think hmm. that's the big thing is it, the difference between journalists and communications professionals. And I'm sure I could uh, be on the pod and argue with a journalist for a while. Um, hmm. But really thinking about how social media, digital media um, enables people to manufacture their own stories. And that could be good or bad. Uh, but I think that at least there's opportunity there. Um, and with podcasting, it's really finding your niche audience. It doesn't matter if it's one person or a million people. Uh, from my perspective, if I'm reaching someone I didn't know before, that's a success. Okay. All right. So, well, in success and outreach for your podcast and Wicked for Wicked Writers, when you first designed it, would you say the show is meeting its success the way you saw it? You're, you actually have it scripted the way you want? You're talking to the right type of guests? Or did it completely take a turn for something different? I think that it's mostly turned out how I expected. I think that I've tapped into my own network. Uh, as far as the first few interviews have gone, I've only done four so okay. far. <laughs> uh, but more question. to come. You know, season one is wrapping up before the holidays. So, okay. or are you thinking about season two? Um, but really just putting it out into the Facebook universe, some of the writing groups that I'm a part of here locally in Boston or nationally, and just saying like, hey, people who write out there, authors, bloggers, <laughs> basically anyone pen to paper, pencil to paper, uh, you know, app voice note, who knows? Um, do you want to talk to me? And <laughs> it's really like people are like, I'm not a professional writer. Some of the people that are coming up on the pod and I'm like, that's fine. I mean, if you have an opinion, that's all that matters. And okay. if you're looking for a place to express it, you know, obviously... I will do the caveat of like no hate speech, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. thinking about what inspires people, it's more from a aspirational point of view. And to me, like, you know, I'm not into sci-fi or comics or anything like that, but if someone wants to talk about why they are and I can hear the passion in their voice, then I know that it will benefit people who are into that as well. Can I tell you a secret? I, I really hope this doesn't trip What's my, a secret? I'm really not that into podcasting. But... Uh, <laughs> lies. Lies. We don't no, keep liars. No, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I'll be, yo, I'll be honest. Like, the kind of what you were saying. Look, now I'm going off topic. But for me, I didn't... Podcasting was just that thing, right? Like, it was just like, mm. oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it might blow up with gaming. Like, that's just what I thought. My partner Interesting. was 100%. I was, mm -mm, didn't need it. it was, I was like, I'm all good off of it. Like, Charlemagne the God made me be like, yeah, I'm never going to get behind the mic and just talk some shit. Like, it's just not going to be who I am. Excuse me, I got to watch my mouth. Um, but <laughs> you guys bleep out. Um, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's the thing about podcasts is that the idea is for it to be unfiltered. And I think that there are so many conversations that get set through so many different filters mm -hmm. um, and politics, 110% included. Um, you know, that was the job that I had in politics was making sure that there was messaging um, and that people stuck to the script. But I think part of the appeal about podcasting is 
you know, I consider myself an extemporaneous speaker. I know that scares the shit out of people, um, <laughs> but I try to be as, you know, warm and friendly as possible to get them to open up. What does extemporaneous mean again? Oh, speaking off the cuff without prepared remarks. I used oh. to do competitions in high school. It's real nerdy. Oh, really? So you got bars like, <laughs> you got eight mile, like, yo, come get some. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, that's okay. No, but honestly, exactly what you're talking about, like speaking off the cuff, I personally have dyslexia, right? So I was always good. If I had to do a speech or my teacher made me read my paper in front of somebody, I got halfway through and I just made up the rest, right? I was like, I think it's going to sound something like mm -hmm. this. And as long as I had fluency, right? I didn't stop, stutter, say, um, uh, I don't know, right? It was okay. My, no one got mad at me. But when I tried to casually read it and I would stutter, that's when I would get marks off my points. My friend exposed, explained that to me. He's like, dude, why don't you just do podcasting? You're kind of already naturally built for it. And I was like, I'm good. I, I don't have anything I want to talk about. He was like, do you talk? And he's like, yeah, you got something to talk about. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, cool. Let's, let's look more into this. And then you brought it up a little bit earlier. You said you don't want to deal with the stress of an RSS feed. Right. And then I was just like, well, what is an RSS feed? Right. It stands. Uh, oh, let's see I'm trying you... to come up with a crafty, like, Oh, you're going to be so mad when you know the acronym. Shit sideways <laughs> <laughs> no, really simple syndication i was just um, like really okay uh, that's like the exact opposite <laughs> of <what laughs> right it's just like every time someone says rss that feed, brand is off <laughs> right but it's like you come to find out that an rss feed is the same underlining code that a search engine looks up for so now we're talking about search and outreach and now i'm like okay messaging what would you want to message? I feel like every non-for-profit, every political organization, every ed educational institution should have some form of podcast now because it's an extension of their messaging and who they are, right? So that's why I'm into podcasting. So rather than trying to get really good at podcasting, I was like, all right, I'm going to do a really bad job by interviewing good people who are good at podcasting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. by that's one way to do it. Just let the people talk. Right? So it's just like <laughs> if I was a good podcaster, I'd stay on focus and be like, oh, so what really inspired you to continue doing a podcast for just one season? rather than making it a continuous show. <laughs> like I did that. Well, it's not going to be one season. I'm just almost done You're with done one with of the seasons. See, almost uh, and I think that uh, to say that I'm like already thinking about season two, it seems so weird because I just launched probably six weeks ago. Um, but, you know, there, the podcasting industry is booming. Mike mm. Boom. Haha, uh -huh, jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also, this is why I let other people talk, right? Because I would be doing like puns every five seconds. Uh, <laughs> and I think that it's really about finding your audience and finding your voice. There aren't always, at least, I think there's a shifting dynamic um, in how people get and consume information. And podcasting is really proving uh, to be at the forefront of that. I mean, I, I really, I re well, really hope that podcasting is going to be at the forefront of that. But even to the whole seasons thing, I know for me, I was like, I, I did my first 15 episodes. I was like, okay, yep, I'm going to have a season two. 
just because the when I first got started, I was like, ah, uh, I'm better at this now. And it's going to, it's definitely going to feel different, right? So for me, that's how I created my transition. Yeah. I mean, I already have a wait list. Of Do people, you really? Is, <laughs> that's, well, that's what really inspired it. Like, you know, as I said, posting in those Facebook groups, random people would message me mm-hmm. and just be like, I'm a fantasy writer. You know, I'm local to Somerville, uh, where I am based. And they would tell me their story. And that's really what is most powerful for me. Um, and you know, I have people on my list of people in my network that like, I definitely want to make sure are on, but even friends that I didn't know were writers, you know, they see this and they're like, Oh, can you tell me more? And I'm like, Oh, you want to be a guest? (laughs) Basically, if you inquire more, I'm basically going to be like, come on the show. So we could just have this conversation on the show. So walk me through like how your booking process has gone so far. Like is getting enough people to like oh wow i kind of have a backlog now like what's your booking Mm -hmm. process look like or your guest interview process look like yeah so it started with people that i knew through different like author boot camps um or different jobs that i've had over the years author boot camp oh yeah i did a digital author boot camp this past summer um for first time authors so it could be people that are writing children's books or memoirs um you know it has shape-shifted over time what i think i'm working on in terms of published writing uh but you know i was in this group with about five other women and they all brought something different to the table and i was like well that's a pretty excellent place to start And my first episode was with Emily Smith, uh, and she is the founder of Guide to Wholeness Healing, LLC. So a lot of what we talked about was how writing heals. And that Mm. really speaks um, to me from, you know, the different traumas that we all face at some point in our lives and I, I'm like a, a physical person. So like that physical touch of pen to paper, like something, there's a release to that no. for me. Um, you know, she also went off on a tangent about essential oils because she does sell those um, as well as she was talking with a woman who is a chef that cooks with essential oils. So, you know, oh. it kind of evolves. Uh, and then a week later, she's like, I started my own podcast called Plant Wisdom. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you, girl. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You spark, yeah, you spark in a podcast, but the pod bug. So, the yeah, pod bug. The pug. The pug. The pug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wait, that's a dog. I so love dogs. no, I, I, I so question is when it comes to kind of like writing as a release, is that kind of part of the inspiration for the show for you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I haven't. You're making me think now. How dare you? <laughs> um, I haven't done any like reading of my own writing on the podcast, really? so that could be an interesting foray. Um, You know, I think that people have mixed opinions about if they want authors to be reading a piece out of their their book or their work on a show or whether they just want to hear the more candid stuff about their life. Uh, But, you know, there's definitely equal parts self and showcasing 
Why is that? Uh, when it comes to writers. Why is that? How come writers, I get, is there like a uh, sensitivity to other people reading your stuff out loud? You got, you got to ed- educate it, brother. I'm not, I'm not the biggest writer. Yeah. I mean, there's a vulnerability that comes with it, but also, you know, if you are a published author, you're probably trying to sell books. So people don't want to like, you know, mm. listen to something that they're being sold on, I'd say. Okay. Um, and there's always something appealing. <laughs> Spoiler alert, this is what all my communications plans come down to. <laughs> there's something appealing about the behind the scenes look into someone's life because we're still so curious about the mystery that is life. Mm-hmm. And I think that podcasting gives you a look into somebody else's world. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe what keeps the people coming back for more. Oh, nah. Yeah. I personally, I think the form, I guess the secondary entertainment and secondary thought is going to become something super big, right? We'll all want to go see a movie, right? But nowadays we want to know about the actor, what the actor is doing, like where are they going, like everything behind the scenes, like so much so to the point where you'll watch, I'll watch a YouTube video, right? Of these high school basketball players, right? Just, it was a really cool clip. And now from that clip, everyone is following the kid on Instagram who did this stuff, right? And now just regular, regular shots of his day-to-day life are being consumed at a mass quantity and i was just like wow all because he shot a basketball like the primary content was him shooting a basketball now let's learn more about his life and the greatest way for people to do that is sit down talk to him and put it on a podcast right so it's like it's kind of right i mean instagram you can put the filters and there is editing and podcasting oh yeah Uh, but i think something about people putting thought behind what they say. Again, that's a little bit of a filter, but in social media, again, you can get spammed mm-hmm. <laughs> with just like, here, I had an egg for breakfast. And you're like, great, I don't care. Well, you know, I feel like people sometimes think they get spammed with podcasts too. Like you go into Apple and you go ahead, look up shipping containers one time and now your entire feed is just shipping containers, shipping containers, shipping container, mm-hmm. real estate. Yeah, algorithms. Right. And I'm like, yo, can I just get a podcast from somebody in my neighborhood? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I really don't care about hearing of, of the lawyer down in LA who's killing it all the time. I I would honestly listen to just a regular local podcast. If a guy's telling me something's going down, he's like, oh, this is how it goes in the neighborhood. And I'm like, I will listen to that as opposed to something that's very national. But that's kind of nowadays I'm talking to people more on a local scene. And it's just it's very interesting to see that a local a local regular person is sounds way better to me than a traditional broadcast news anchor or somebody mm-hmm. in that nature. Like, especially in a conversation, just being able to have that fluency, talk, do those types of things. So it's just, so when I ask, I got to ask you when you're crafting your show, because you actually, you do a good job of sounding fluent, not, not too, to the point. What is it? What is the thing that you do or you kind of think to make yourself make it not sound scripted? I would agree with what you said that I don't have a broadcast background uh, and that, you know, I say I'm in communications and people might think that that includes audio, but there are so many different mediums. um, And that's something that I never 
did before. I participated in an audio recess a couple of weeks ago, which was what, hosted by PRX and Google. What's yeah, what's so all the podcasters got on the interwebs and did a little, and by little, I mean, it was actually big and international and it was awesome. Um, but it was like a big conference online for podcasters and they had like different rooms um, and those cool platforms that are now popping up for those types of conferences. But hmm. at the end of the day, I think that the podcast hosts are thinking, is anyone, does anyone want to hear what I have to say? <laughs> and guests are thinking the same thing. It's like the common human link. We think it's such a mystery, but once we take down that wall or that barrier, uh, people, at least from my experience, tend to open up. Honestly, I think that's what you're saying is the, is what makes people quit podcasts the most, right? Because everyone's super excited to start, but to stick with it, really follow up, do it. That's that's kind of when you get to see who's really a podcaster and who's somebody who I, I just making making a show once or twice, right? So it's like for you, I guess, what what really keeps you committed, making sure that you're going to do this every week, continuously to release shows, things like that? Well, I think it started with a bit of boredom during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored. Let me make a podcast, um, said everyone ever. But it, I think that I've started and this is like mainly people I know right your best audience is people you know because they're going to be cheering you on no matter what and they're now like asking me like oh when's the next episode coming or like I'll get I got a random message from someone I worked with five or six years ago it's like I'm really enjoying your podcast and I'm like cool want to be guests um <laughs> that's next week uh but it I think that I like that it can be on my schedule. You know, right now I'm doing bi-weekly because that's what felt manageable. But now that I have this big backlog, uh, surprise, Jared, I think in season two, I might be going <laughs> weekly. I think I'm just going to have so much content that like, why am I holding on to it? Mm -hmm. um, I think that I enjoy it. You know, I'm fortunate enough to have the time to be able to do it. I try and keep the conversations to like 30 minutes because I have a short attention span. Mm. Um, but also when you get people talking about themselves, it's so it's it's easy <laughs> because yeah, right. you just have to kind of sit there and listen, which, believe it or not, seems to be a really hard skill for people. You do, I, just... I think it's more in their head than anything else. You know what? So, well, I got to ask this, right? Why do you love podcasting? Like, what do you actually enjoy about it the most? I think that it makes me feel seen. You know, I have these mm. ideas that I might write down um, or talk about with friends and being able to share it with random strangers as well and get good feedback um, and really just see... You know, I'm excited to see where it takes me. Hmm. Okay. Now, what do you hate the most about podcasting? Mm. Um, 
probably that I feel like I'm like going to just hand it to you on a silver platter, um, that these platforms are breaking down. Oh, <laughs> <The> plat- <laughs> this is in the same yeah, I'm not gonna badmouth any any one platform, but like in the last week, there's just been like major outages. And I'm just like, this is outside of my control, and also like your big companies. Why is this happening? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to plead the fifth. Tee you up. I mean, <laughs> hey, that's look. That's the reason why we created this company, right? There, you you see a bunch of huge gaps. The only people that really are investing in podcasts are people in music, and the people who are in, who are creating these platforms don't even really have a podcast. And then the people who have the podcast, they are too busy to create content that I don't got time to help manage or help you grow your show, right? So. It's one of the reasons why we've created an entire company, an entire podcast to helping you grow and produce phenomenal content for your podcast. (laughs) Here at Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. (laughs) (laughs) Just teed it right up. It's just, oh man. It's sports metaphors. ah, But even see, but see, right. You're, you're giving me, you're, you're giving me another layup. One of the most awkward things about podcasting (laughs) for me is I just sometimes like when I get into a good conversation, I just want to talk about the conversation or chop it up at, at the end of the day, I'm here to push a message and push some form of advertisement, which is my own independent brand. Sometimes you got shows that are like being like, oh, yeah, this episode is brought to you by Nike.com. It's, it's impossible. It's not here. I don't know what I forgot their slogan. But <laughs> you're like, am I watching TV right now? <laughs> right. And it's like, that's the last thing I want anybody listening to think is that I'm this. My show is an extension of some type of brand. But at the end of the day, I am also trying to make a little money off my show. It would be awesome if I could. Yeah. Do this full time, but the sure the I guess the catch twenty two is how am I going to pick the right brand, right product, right service so that I'm not selling myself. That is the age old question. Thanks, capitalism. <laughs> I mean, hey, look. So I get. What do you think about Spotify giving Joe Rogan a was it like a two hundred million dollar or ten million something crazy like that? deal for an exclusive rights to his show on Spotify? I'm not in the big leagues like that, so I kind of could care less. Um, (laughs) You know, any money I make off of this podcast right now, my partner and I are doing some freelance and to save for a trip to Hawaii. Like, really just, like, small, like, when quarantine's over, let's GTFO. (laughs) So I think that, you know... (laughs) my advice to people just starting out would be that like start small with your goals. Like not everyone's going to be the next Joe Rogan and that's okay. You don't want to be because you can obviously be bought and sold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to come find me on Twitter and that's how I'm going to become Twitter famous. It's going to be great. Um, but I think that when you get to that big of a level, you lose something. Um, you lose some authenticity and it's all about overproduction. Um, so for now, 
unless Joe Rogan comes after me sticking the small potatoes. <laughs> well, that's a bar. And you know what? I think on that, we're going to wrap up, Rachel, before we head out. Um, would you like to let, let everybody know a little bit about your show, how they could reach out to you and potentially be a guest? Absolutely. So you can go to wickedwriters.org. You can find me on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at wickwriters. Wicked Writers was already taken. Um, and if you want to be a guest on the show, email me at hello at wickedwriters.org. All right. Awesome. Guys, thank you for listening. Again, I'm your host, Jared Laverne. I am the direct marketing director of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. You have a wonderful day now. Take care.